raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, October 23rd, six minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Oh, boy, we're going to start off this hour by talking about one of your absolute favorites. <sighs> Not. <laughs> you can't blame me for putting this on here. You did it. Oh, no, no. It's it's my it's my fault, but it gives me an opportunity to talk about how horrific this person is. So, you know, I'm going to take it. Okay, here we go. Well, the uh, former Wyoming Republican rep, Liz Cheney, said in an interview, One, that Donald Trump is, quote, the single most dangerous threat the country faces. And two, she did not rule out a 24 presidential bid. Liz Cheney running for president. Uh, What? Yeah, neither did I. But you know what? It's not going to happen. Look, she is awful. Her family is awful. And uh, one of the great things about these people going out on these shows is they will tell you who they are and they are and i'm talking about these upper echelon establishment elitist republicans who for years and years and years the decisions that they made in conjunction with the same people on the other side of the aisle because it was a closed door club and you're not in it have run this country into the ground and you want to look at remember when we did that that uh this has been several weeks ago now where we tracked the debt of the nation mm-hmm. and how pre uh pre george w bush it was a sizable number i think it was something like six trillion but in the eight years under clinton and again this was in large part thanks to the republican revolution of 94 don't like i'm not out here saying oh bill clinton he did such a good job willingly of of balancing the budget he did it by force but he did it you saw about two billion dollars added to the nation's debt during the clinton presidency that's or a trillion i'm sorry it's it's a large number of money but it's certainly nothing compared to what we're doing on a you know on a yearly basis here and the explosion of debt came under the George W. Bush administration, of which her dad was the architect, and mm-hmm. she was intricately involved with that administration. Tens of thousands of Americans died and were severely injured needlessly. You had uh, ill-begotten wars on multiple fronts. They never actually addressed the people who caused 9-11, which was Saudi Arabia. Um, they didn't catch bin Laden. And they added in the process trillions of dollars to our nation's debt. Her dad, mm-hmm. who did successfully enrich his his big war uh, military industrial complex buddies, he was very successful at that and was great at taking away the rights of everyday regular Americans and was incredible at fear-mongering people into believing that they were going to end up in a mushroom cloud to to make those things happen. You know, the Cheney-Bush presidency did a colossal amount of damage to this country. And she sits here like some sort of judge, jury, and executioner as though she has the right to say anything about anyone. Well, they were using 9-11 as an excuse to go after what they wanted to all along. She And she is. Look, she is the, uh, was isn't it Glenn Close, the rabbit on the on the stove. I will not be ignored, Dan. Mm -hmm. She is that person in real life when it comes to Trump because 
she goes on this. I think it was CBS was the show that she was on yesterday. And like it's like she cannot complete a sentence without saying the name Donald Trump, including Casey. Is Donald Trump in the House of Representatives? <laughs> no. Oh, OK. But somehow mm-hmm. it's all his fault. Right. Look, I think what you're seeing right now and among the Republicans in the House is a direct result of the decisions that Kevin McCarthy made to uh, embrace uh, Donald Trump, to embrace the most radical and extreme members of our party, to elevate them. Um, so it's not a surprise that we are where we are, but but it's a disgrace and it's an embarrassment. And there certainly are serious people uh, among the Republicans. Uh, I hope that, that one of them particularly, I think it's important somebody not be an election denier. And I also think everybody should be asked to tomorrow night at the candidate forum about this issue of Ukraine assistance. And they should be asked from the perspective of, we face a global challenge, an existential threat, mm-hmm. and how in the world could anybody defend at this moment uh, surrendering to one of our adversaries uh, by walking away from Ukraine? Okay, so she's accusing Kevin McCarthy of cultivating a hotbed of extremism. And then she turns around and says that all the chaos in the House of Representatives is because of Trump. But yet she's ready to keep going, spend more money for Ukraine because uh, of, you know, and, and uh, military I mean, industrial complex. Obs- obsession makes people do mm-hmm. weird things. And part of this that's hilarious is Trump and Trump didn't ask McCarthy to do anything. Trump supported McCarthy. He didn't insist on any guardrails. Kevin McCarthy is no longer Speaker of the House because he lied to the American people about spending. The same way Dick Cheney Mm. and George W. Bush Mm -hmm. lied to the American people about Saddam Hussein having weapons of mass destruction. The same way they lied about a whole bunch of other things. That's what this family does. That's what her family does. They lie. And for her to sit in judgment of anyone, Donald Trump has nothing to do with the Speaker of the House. He supported McCarthy when he was running. He supported McCarthy when he was up for re-election. Donald Trump asked for none of the guardrails that are in place. Kevin McCarthy is not Speaker of the House because he lied to the American people about spending and he so coveted the power that he made the deal with Matt Gates that if he lied to the American people about spending, he could be removed at any time. Kevin McCarthy did this to Kevin McCarthy, but not to in any way defend Kevin McCarthy. Here is Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> literally Casey, mm-hmm. in refusing to endorse Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, This was yesterday. Literally refusing to endorse Donald Trump. Former President Trump, let me just ask you this quite simply. Why haven't you endorsed him yet? Well, the, the campaign is still going. There's a very good chance I he, would endorse He's President the clear Trump. front runner. You know he's what? the clear I think front we, runner. I think what are you waiting bo- for? Well, I believe... Well, you know what? Because I've got a southern border wide open. I got war in the Middle East. I got things I'm focused on right now. I believe President Trump will be our nominee, and I believe President Trump will get reelected. Are you still Think a MAGA Republican, Mr. He's been brought as, he has brought it chaos. You know what? I am a conservative Republican <laughs> from the beginning to the end, and that's what I've always been. I, you, try, you can try to phrase different names to people, but I'm proud of who I am. All right. Casey, I was so unaware that adding trillions mm-hmm. to our nation's debt, which Kevin McCarthy has done this year as Speaker of the House, was a cons- made you a conservative. Mm-hmm. I just, I am clearly behind on the times and all the definitions these days. No, he's not a uh, fiscal conservative. Okay, still though, taking no ownership as to why he was removed as Speaker. Yeah, let's play this audio and then address this because I think this is super interesting. 
<laughs> well, I think why wouldn't it be the case that I'd still be in the job? <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, we have eight people led by Gates that put something different in their belief. Oh. They, I don't know why they would follow Gates about his ethics complaint. I don't know what's in it. I legally can't be involved in it. it. Must be rather serious to put this much jeopardy into this nation. I would have hoped that everyone would come together with their put the put the country before the politics and actually solve this. Steve Scalise would have done an excellent job. I supported him. Jim Jordan would have. I just know this is not a time to play games. This is a this is embarrassing for the Republican Party. It's embarrassing for the nation. And we need to look at one another and solve the problem. No, you were embarrassing for the nation. Mm -hmm. You lied. You lied. That's why you're not Speaker of the House. And you and your establishment Republican buddies, because you've been doing it for 40 years now, are used to being able to say whatever words you want to say and then get in there and go, we're not doing that, and get away with it. And finally, one guy held you to account mm-hmm. and said, you made this deal, I'm holding you accountable, and he and his and the people who, who agreed with him are the crazy ones in the equation, Casey. He seems like he's going on the blame game or the victim tour right now because he's been all over all of the shows. All, and, he, and he just can't stop. All he had to do was shut the government down. And we all know the government doesn't really shut down anyway, and he'd still be the speaker because he would be staying true and committed to the deal that he made with the American people, which is if you elect the Republicans, the House of Representatives, we will get the spending under control because it's spending is the primary driver of it. Government spending is the primary driver of inflation. It is 15 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So after some creative editing, we'll be able to uh, share with you <laughs> what Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee had to say to someone on her staff, boy, if you think, oh, it's Monday, I don't want to go to work, well, at least you don't work for this woman. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nineteen minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Hillary Clinton endorsed her, and that's about all really you should need to know about her. <laughs> She's been called the meanest member of Congress. She's been representing uh, the same area in Houston, Texas for 28 years, and now she wants to be the mayor of that city. But, uh-oh, somebody recorded her saying... Some not very nice things. Well, so this was a couple of years ago, well, maybe several now. I don't know. Time all runs together to me. But there was an article in Politico, I think it was, that came out about Todd Rokita. I think it was when he was running for U.S. Senate. So this must have been four, five, six years ago, whatever it was. And how poor, how many staffers he has, he has uh, gone through mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, I don't know if I've ever told this story before. This is the crazy thing. Rokita and I actually used to be pretty good friends. And and pre him running for U.S. Senate, where he behaved like a complete psycho, um, I always thought he was a pretty decent dude, and we got along fine. And in a 
there was a this must have been 2013 they asked me to come in and interview for a position in his office because they were getting ready to open another field office i think this was lafayette and i actually went in there and did the interview and then uh made the grave mistake of going to work for the state auditor instead (laughs) and um but anyway, this it was well known when I went there for that interview about, hey, Todd Rokita is really hard to work for and he rolls through staffers and he's not like Mr. Friendly. And then Politico had this big expose that came out about Rokita about just what a just a insufferable hag he is to work for. And I read at the time and I thought, yeah, this is not good, but I bet a lot of these people are this way because mm-hmm. when you rise to the level of being one of the 535 most powerful people in the country, which you are as a member of Congress, it's really probably hard for a lot of people to stay grounded because what you actually are as a human being generally comes out when you get power, when you get a whatever that power is. That's kind of reveals who you are as a person. And I thought, eh, it's very unflattering of him and he's an ass. And I think Todd's proven that true time and time again. But I don't think it's that unusual. And so this audio from Sheila Jackson Lee is like mm-hmm. a whole new level of... Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> a, a volatile work environment. Okay, so this audio it was uh, obtained by the te- a Texas newspaper called The Current Revolt, and it was published on it was published over the weekend on Saturday, I believe. And you can hear Jackson Lee. She's heard speaking to a male staff member. Yeah, and she asks him, "You took a piece of paper from that woman regarding something. Where is it?" <laughs> What date was it? And the man starts to answer her by saying that he gave the piece of paper to Jerome, who took it upstairs. And before he can even finish, he gets completely cut off and she loses it on him. Yeah. uh, All right. So, Kev. (laughs) Fingers uh, crossed. I I, I think. How did I even put this on the template? How did I put? I think I put. Sorry, Kevin. It needs super bleeped. (laughs) Super bleeped. You earned your money today if you did it right. I always try to alert Kevin if there's something on our template that needs a bleep. I'll put it in all caps, needs bleep, Kevin. But this, yeah, this was terrible. (laughs) Super bleep. I felt terrible putting on there. I said, we have to play this for people. So, uh, all right, here we go. Let's take a listen. I don't want you to do a damn thing. I want you to have a I want you to have read it. I want you to say, Congresswoman, it was such and such day. That's what I want. That's the kind of stamp that I want to have. So some stupid other that did it. And, and I don't have the information. Nobody sent me the information. I need to uh, ensure my um, schedule. And, uh, you know, if they boo-boo did it, ass did it, they did it. And nobody knows a damn thing in my office. Okay? Nothing. I gave it to you. Your job was to get it on the calendar, imprint it in your brain, or send me the information back saying, Congresswoman, I made sure that the Ovide Duncan Tell event that you gave me uh, for so-and-so date at 7 is on the f***ing calendar. Not to quote Jerome Hansen. Okay? So when I called Jerome, he going to be sitting up there like a fat-ass, stupid idiot, talking about uh, what the f- he doesn't know. Okay? Both of y'all are f***ed up some f***ing This is the worst that I could have ever had put together. Two damn big ass children. Idiots. Serve no damn purpose. Ain't managing nobody. Nobody's respecting them. Nobody gives a about what you're doing. And you ain't doing shit. And this is an example of it. I gave it to Jerome. This is not child's work. Okay? <laughs> Kevin! 
Yeah, good job, Kevin. Thank you. I came in 10 minutes earlier than I normally do <laughs> wow. just to make sure that was all bleep. And it was so bad that Ke- we actually were going to do this earlier in the show, but Kev had to like ask about certain words. Can mm-hmm. we say them on the air? And there was one I was like, you can't say that word. Yeah, so oh, to, I missed one. You have back to go and, back. Uh, look, it's just, and she's not even screaming. That's the crazy thing. Like she's very calm in her mm-hmm. degradation of these people. What do you, how'd she call Jerome a fat ass who just mm-hmm. screws Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what poor Jerome? Well, I can't. It was it was. I can't say it. I can't say what she called him. Yeah, poor Jerome. This guy is he gonna? Here's my resignation. But again, like I said, this is this should not be some big surprise to people that the, that a lot of these people who are in the Congress think they're better and greater than everyone else and they get off on being very demeaning to people who are probably trying very hard to make whatever their job is work in whatever capacity. It's not like a lot of these staffers make a whole bunch of money uh, being there. And I mean, my goodness, how embarrassing, but she, she won't be embarrassed by this at all. She'll be just fine. She called Jerome a blank up. Oh, yes, that's right. This is the worst blank that I ever could have put together. Two blank, big, blank children, blank idiots, serve no blank purpose. I love that someone transcribed that, so you can, you can actually sit down and read that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, all right, so when we come back, Mike Pence was on one of these, uh, speaking of blank ups, Mike Pence was on one of these <laughs> shows over the weekend, and boy, Casey, he's still trying to play the victim and the good guy over January he 6th. He is. He likes to play both sides of this, and, doesn't he? And so we got to go back in the time machine, oh, and you boy. know, I hate to do this to say what he said on January 4th. We're not going to let we're not gonna let Mikey get away with this. Okay, it's coming up from 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Mike Pence was making the rounds again. What what show was he on this time? Was it Meet the Press? This, was, this I believe, was Meet the Press. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, trying to play the victim and the good guy at the same time. And did you also see that he only had like a smattering of people show up at that pizza ranch? Yes. Yeah, like 15 so, people. Uh a uh, friend of the show, Adam Wren, I believe, actually mm-hmm. took that photo. He's covering him for Politico in Iowa. Well, look, I mean, Mike Pence, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like a broken record on here, but people seem to like it, so we'll just go with it. <laughs> Mike Pence has really shown himself to be the pathetic person that many of us who had the great, great misfortune of serving in and around him in government learned him to be and that's he's all talk the action doesn't match the rhetoric and at the end of the day he and and his loser brother are just a couple of grifters who have uh used their their influence not for the betterment of others i mean what again i'll ask it i'll ask it you can say congress you can say governor you can say i mean you can't really say vice president because that was trump but what is the signature accomplishment of of mike pence Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I've asked this question for many, many years on this radio station, and no one can provide me. What is the signature accomplishment of Mike Pence? Something that you said, "Wow, I'm so glad Pence was there," or fill in the blank would have never happened. I would say the guy is a highly fraudulent individual who has accomplished nothing next to nothing of, of meaning during his time grifting off the taxpayers. Well, and I mean, that's just it. When he was governor, his numbers were 
underwater. Sure. And then Trump came in and plucked him out of there. He was a colossal failure as governor. He embarrassed the state on multiple occasions. And he had, other than riding Daniel's coattails, did literally next next to nothing of of note. I mean, he did cost us $100 million by fake opting out of Common Core. He did embarrass the state with the RIFRA and then provided the fix that made the thing worse than when it started. He did try to have a state-run news agency. I mean, the guys... Mike Pence was a guy who believed that the world should respond to him just because he was capable of articulating the message. Mm -hmm. And he never... I never found him to be a guy who was willing to put the work in necessary in order to accomplish great things as a leader. And he came across that way in the debates. Sure. Everybody else would be arguing, talking over one another, and he was talking. Yeah. And he, it really seemed like, he, wait a minute, I've got the most important thing to say on this stage. Listen to me. Mike Pence came to prominence at a time where if you were a good-looking dude who could deliver the message, you still had a puncher's chance to accomplish something great in terms of politics. And he was never anything more than that. It's actually why he was a fairly good messenger for Donald Trump. Because if you gave Mike Pence, whatever I want to say about Mike Pence. The talking points. Mike Pence is one of the greatest people in terms of delivering a disciplined message that I've ever seen in politics. Doesn't mean he believes it, doesn't mean he accomplished it, but if you give Mike Pence a talking point, mm-hmm. he will go out there and he will sing for supper. He's right? going to stick the landing. And he's very good at it. The problem is, though, again, one of the things that always stood out to me, like when I was, so I was still in, meet, in radio when this happened, I once interviewed Mitch mm-hmm. Daniels, mm-hmm. and he rolled in with one state police guy on his motorcycle. And it was like, he comes in and goes, hey, um, the only thing we really need is just make sure we have access to a phone in case there's an emergency. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to have a place an out call. And he tells the state trooper guy or whoever it was, security guy, he's like, yeah, go on in there. It'll be fine. And we go in there to start shooting the breeze and doing the little radio segment. And he was just great. He was there for like an hour. And he's like, all right, let's go. And him and the trooper guy leave when they're done. And he gets on his motorcycle and drives off. With Pence, if he was walking to McCormick and Schmick's down the street here, Mm -hmm. it was like nine people behind him because he was entourage guy. It was the idea of... I'm the governor, mm-hmm. and you're going to know where I go, and you're going to know who follows me. You know, and, and, and I've knocked him for this. You know, he's very similar in this, and it actually worries me about his campaign for governor is Curtis Hill. Mm. Remember when Curtis came in here? There was like seven guys mm-hmm. or six guys with him, mm-hmm. and it's like there's a famous episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns runs for governor, and they go through all the people on his team. You're a speechwriter. You're a muckraker. You're, you know, it's like, what do you need? Are you paying all these people, Curtis? Like, mm-hmm. what? What are all these people? Like, what? How is this helping you become the governor? And and with and Curtis was that way when he was attorney general too. And and you know, I like a lot of Curtis's views, but it's like that is not what this should be about. And for Mike Pence, it has always been about the scene and the spectacle. And you need to know I'm important. And the actual accomplishments that I make are totally secondary to everything. And that comes across too. It definitely did during the debates. And speaking of that. He hasn't qualified at this oh, point shame. for the third debate. That's he said, we're working really hard to qualify for it. So the RNC has set the qualifications and uh, they have to have at least, they have to have 4% support. Ooh, that's it? That's it. And then you got a donors, right? Well, you got to have 700,000 individual contributions that reflect okay. 200 from 20 different states. 
All right, so wait, wait a second. So it's seven hundred thousand. I'm doing math here on the fly mm-hmm. on my handy. Don't you love in how in school they're like, there won't be a calculator in your pocket forever. You need to know how to do this on your own. <laughs> sure, there will be. Uh, all right, so if you take seven hundred thousand, you divide it by three hundred million. You're talking two. What is that? Is that two percent of the population? Basically, he can't get two point three percent of the population to give him money. Right. Well, he can't get four percent of the population to support him. No, that's not even right. At this because point. one one no, that's not even right. It would be no, it's not even that's not even right. What what's point? Hang on, I'm gonna do this again. <laughs> Seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. divided by three hundred million. Mm-hmm. It's not even two percent. Uh, equals what if it's point zero zero two three? What is that? Is that point two percent of the population? Yeah, it is. It is point two percent of the population. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. can't even get point two three percent of the population to give him money. Right. How pathetic is that, Casey? Well, it's showing that he's not going to make it to the debate. Um, but you know who else? Speaking of entourages, yeah, you know who did not show up with an entourage at all? Who? John Rust. That's true. He walked in guy himself. Running, guy yeah. running for senator against Jim Banks. And he's way He walked in than, alone. Yeah, he's way and I even than, asked him yeah. about that. Yeah. And what did he say? He just said, what do I need a bunch of people here exactly. for? You know, like, you know, Banks is rolling in with a bunch of people, right? You know, Banks is just rolling in on his own. He used to, though. I bet he's not now. Um, okay. So Pence was on Meet the Press, mm-hmm. and he is still trying to do this i'm a victim i'm a good guy over january 6th uh here and here here is uh here is mike pence i was in the room when i saw him doing it uh, but like uh, you know the president uh, is responsible for the decisions that he made and the demands that he made on me um look i, I uh, you know, our, our nation uh, won a revolutionary war against a king, and I, I knew from the first time I heard a rumor about the vice president being able to reject uh, or return votes to the states that the founders of this country would have never granted one person the ability to decide which votes to be counted. Uh, but the president chose to believe that. He still believes it. He still stands by that, as do many of his supporters. Um, but I must tell you, as I travel around the country, uh, there's not a day that goes by that's someone uh, from literally every walk of life doesn't come up to me at an airport or at a diner or at a pizza place and and just thank me for what we did that day and i always tell them it was god's grace that gave us the strength and and based on how he's polling it literally is one person every day (laughs) i mean don't you love this same person (laughs) trump was so mean and he he (laughs) bullied me And, but okay, but this is what I talk about. Where I used to think Pence was a good guy who got bad advice or mm-hmm. was surrounded by morons. But when I see him just blatantly lie about this, uh, this is why I've totally changed. When I went in there and saw it firsthand, and the stuff I saw firsthand is the stuff I'm still seeing. To I've told you the story, right, about how he picks this guy to be state auditor. Mm-hmm. Everybody who knew the guy was like, "Do not pick this guy. This is going to be a disaster." But he picked him. He didn't vet him, and then as soon as the guy got in there for a bevy of reasons, which I will not go into on these airwaves, he decided, oh, I've made an egregious mistake, and I've got to get this guy out of here. Instead of just fessing up and going to the public and going, man, I screwed up, and I'm calling on this guy to resign, he strong arms and bullies this guy who has no business being there behind the scenes. And then when he gets asked about why did this guy who you just picked and just did a $50,000 fundraiser for quit, Pence goes, 
I don't know. You'd have to ask him. That's mm-hmm. his issue. Mm-hmm. Me have no idea. <laughs> he put he it lied. On him. Yeah, that's he... not very Christian of you, Mike. That's not very uh, a very good example to set. And I knew right there. I'm watching this in real time. Casey working in the office, going. What the hell? You're lying to the entire state. You profess to be this strong moral person of great Christian belief, and you are looking 7 million people in the eye and lying to them. Mm-hmm. He's still doing it, Casey, except instead of 7 million people, it's 330 30. million people, because here he is on January the 4th, 2021, talking about what would become January 6th. You know, I'm here because I stand with President Donald Trump. And I'm here because we stand with Senator David Perdue and Senator Kelly Leffler. You know, I know we all we all got our doubts about the last election. Oh. And I want to assure you, uh-huh. I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularity. Wait, what? Hmm? And I promise you, come this Wednesday, mm-hmm. we'll have our day in Congress. Mm-hmm. What? We'll hear the objection. Huh? We'll hear the evidence. No way. But tomorrow is Georgia's day. Now, Casey, Casey, if you believe that Trump would be bullied and he'd be really mean to me and he's trying to make me do things that a vice president can't do, would you go in front of tens of thousands mm-hmm. of people and would you say I share your doubts and I want to see the evidence and we'll have our day in court. No, he said that because Mike Pence is a disingenuous, hypocritical, uh-huh. big fat phony uh-huh. who's been pulling this bull crap for years and years and years. He is a grifter, he is a liar, he is a loser and he is ending exactly the way he deserves out of money, polling at 2% or whatever it is and struggling to get 10 people at a pharmacy to see him. Yeah, okay, so he's under some pressure right now. He's getting smoked. And when he's under pressure, guess what happens? Exposes him true his, his true self. And by the way, and we always make this offer, and I get that he's very busy getting his ass handed to him in Iowa so he doesn't have time to worry about what's being said on Indianapolis radio airwaves. Oh, he knows. But if Mike Pence or any person who worked for Mike Pence Mm -hmm. would like to refute anything I've said, and I've told this story multiple times now on these airwaves, about that selection and resignation Mm -hmm. of the state auditor, Mm -hmm. I will give them as much time as they want, uh, but you can't. And it's the pattern of behavior. And the same thing he was doing 10 years ago, he's still doing today, which is he believes because he's so arrogant and so conceited and so self-absorbed that because he says it, he speaks it and it becomes truth. Mm -hmm. Well, the reality is you're a liar. (laughs) Okay, so he goes on. He's lobbying now for ground troops in Gaza. Of course he is. Yeah. Um, Never met a situation where he wasn't eager to send other people's kids into harm's way. Listen to this. We've got Americans being held by bloodthirsty terrorists in Gaza. And and if I was president of the United States, I would have directed the Joint Special Operations Command to stand up Delta Force, to stand up the Navy SEALs, who do the best hostage rescue in the world, and say, you need to to work with IDF, and we need to tell Hamas, you've got 12 hours to turn American and Israeli hostages loose, or we are coming to get them. Uh, I mean, this, uh, look, I... 
I, I welcome the release of two American hostages this week. I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But, but going hat in hand to Qatar uh, and, and, and standing by while, while Hamas uh, d decides whether they're going to release another hostage is totally unaccepted. We are the leader of the free world. We are uh, Israel's okay, strongest okay, ally I'm, I'm, on the planet. He acts like it's a John Rambo movie. He's or, uh, completely telegraphing his move. He acts like we're going to send Schwarzenegger in there during Predator, and mm -hmm. he's going to get the people. How are you going to do that, Pence? Good chance those people are pretty heavily guarded. Oh, and all the people around them. I don't know if you know this, Casey, but uh, terrorists like to wear these things called explosive devices, mm -hmm. where everybody goes if they go. Mm -hmm. You might, you know, if you hear the people who have actually, I don't know, killed terrorists and actually gone in and killed terrorists. They'll tell you. I love that. In his world, this is how it works. I'll just send the SEALs in. It'll be fine. He's just going to send in the Delta Force, which, by the way, the Biden administration has shown the entire world their faces. But he says we need to send a message to Hamas that they will answer not only to IDF, but also USA. Well, I mean... <laughs> Mike Pence has never met an opportunity that he didn't embrace lovingly and with both arms wrapped tightly around to enhance the military industrial complex and send other people's kids to fight and die. I mean, that's mm -hmm. his total track record as a, as a, as a congressman, absolutely without debate, without discussion. He was a, a, a applauding seal when it came to sending kids into Afghanistan or into Iraq. And I mean, just, that's just insulting to be like, I would send them in. And I, how are you going to do that? Like how, what do they just like, what is this Bruce Willis? Does he come down through the, through the ceiling? Like, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a, a glass roof, like mm -hmm. in your world, you're going to send them in. And what? It's one thing to send people in to kill terrorists. It's another thing to send. This is what, Jack Bauer. You know, what, this is an episode of 24. Jason Bourne. <laughs> just he's he is wholly ridiculous. And this is why he's what? What do you call him? 2% pence. 2% pence, yes. yes. 2% pence. Okay. Hey, hey, real quick, I wanted to point yeah. this out. You had a fabulous weekend. I did have a great weekend. I was Jason Bourne over the weekend. <laughs> Went to Turkey Run State Park and walked on some slippery rocks. Have you been there? Trail 3 is very rugged. Oh, Trail 3. Heck yes, Casey. Trail, trail 3. three. Shoot, so, yes. so we did almost five miles on Trail 3 <laughs> and afterwards got the map out and, and was reading which trail I was on. And yeah. out of all the trails there, that was the most rugged. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, you yeah. Know what? yeah, Trail 3 is a challenge. It is. I was like, oh, well, let's start off with the most difficult don't, one don't, of all. Don't you love how she's like, I, we just had a long thing about how pissed off I was that I had to spend a day in Brown County going to the shops. <laughs> yeah, have you ever been on Trail 3? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Turkey Run State Park is amazing. I, I've honestly never been there. You... So you don't even know what Trail 3 is? No, no we were just but, laughing at you because you're being ridiculous. You it so well, I could picture it in my mind. No, it's it's really cool. Because you are a hiker. You do the, yeah, the trails. I would enjoy that. You uh, absolutely would enjoy that. And then on Sunday, went down to, yeah. um, what is it, Caesars uh, Casino? Where at? Which one? The the, the one south. Shelbyville. Yeah. Shelbyville. Won $500. Wow. Did you leave with $500? You know I did. You stopped while you I were I was ahead. like, oh, collect. You quit on a high note. I did. Oh, that's exciting. Something I rarely do. Congratulations. <laughs> and you're already very weekend. rich, so you don't even need it. Wow. You probably lost it on the what way a home. banger of a weekend I It's had. in the car seat somewhere. I can't <laughs> find it. It is 1147. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma. 
who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What once seemed black and white Turns to so many shades of gray Ninety-three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. You know, Rob. Interesting. Last week, you and I had a conversation about tracking your child on their phone. Yes. And yes. now the Wall Street Journal has come out with an article, and they say that most teens actually want parents to track their phones and monitor their every move. Isn't this just like the evolution of our society? Because think about. And again, you're you're just slightly more seasoned than me, but I think this is relevant for both of us. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, it was about trying to get out, mm-hmm. whether it was out of the house, yep. like, I mean, for the evening or permanently, or I'm on my own and this is me and I'm rebelling against everything in mm-hmm. front of me and here we go, hello world. And now it's like these, what are they? They're not millennials. That's me. And they're not- Gen Z. Uh, is it Gen Z? Is that what they are? They. It's like, track me all the time, mommy and daddy. Yeah, Gen Z or I think maybe even Generation Alpha oh. they're being called. Well, or... that's a bad one because there ain't nothing alpha about this generation. But you're right because when I was younger, it was, you were, you left the house and you just had to be home by dark when the street right. lights came on that's when you were home or um you know i could not wait to get my driver's license yeah. and just go but now kids are waiting longer to get their licenses and they want their parents to know exactly where they are all the time do you think that's because the way our government has created a nanny state in our society mm. that it's now just filtered down to the family itself I I don't know what it is, why these kids want to be tracked, but I think maybe it's a a safety. They want to feel safe. They want transparency that they're not getting elsewhere, perhaps. Like so, okay, for example, when I was a kid, as you said, my parents told me be home by X amount of time. Mm-hmm. You had to have your homework done. Yeah. Then you could go play with your friends and be home by X amount of time. I knew. You don't talk to strangers. You don't get in cars with strangers. Yep. There's no one who's going to give you a ride. Mm-hmm. And I was around most of the time within like a general half mile radius mm-hmm. of my home. And I knew the rules because there would be punishment if the rules were broken. And I also knew that as long as I didn't break the rules, my parents were not going to be overly restrictive on the things that I did. Same thing as an adult, right? Like when I still lived at home, I lived at home into my early 20s. And I knew the rule in my house was that if I did something that involved me in an incarcerated, ending up in an incarcerated fashion of some sort, my dad would let me rot there. Like there was no come help me. So the rules were you live under you live under this roof yeah. and you know the rules and I trust you to follow the rules and I'm not going to be inquisitive about where you're at or what you're doing because you're an adult at this point. But if you mess up, do not call me. Yeah. And I knew that that was not just an idle threat. Yeah. So I didn't need somebody to track me. I think it's so interesting because when I look at the difference between me and my daughter, 
at my daughter's age, I was living in Michigan. My parents moved to yeah. Dallas, Texas, <laughs> hundreds of miles away. Had no idea yeah. what I was doing, who I was hanging out with, how late I was out, my work schedule, any of that. And just last night, my daughter had to work and they were doing inventory at the store. Mm-hmm. And I knew she wasn't getting off until 11 o'clock. So I stayed up until 11 so I could track her oh. leaving work yeah. and get Getting back to her house at college. So, I mean, it's so different. My parents were hundreds of miles away, had no idea. Fast forward to today, here I am making sure that my adult child is getting from work back to her house in college. Yeah, and I don't know what the middle ground on that is because there's part of me that says, wow, what a great parent. There actually is. Like, there's part of me that says, wow, what a great parent that you're willing to do that. And I totally get it and understand it. And then there's also part of me that's like. Let the kid live. Like. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, take it easy, mom. But, you know, I think of things, and this is awful to say, but everybody in this area can understand it. I think of, like, the Delphi. What happened in Delphi. Well, and it's part of the broader conversation of how much technology is too much technology. And where do you do you have the ability to turn it off? Because while there is merit to say, look, my daughter's working late. I know she's working here. I want to make sure she gets to where she needs to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of parents who are just tracking their kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. But but she's on your phone plan, right? She is on my phone okay, plan. Then, 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 and then, I had no idea where she was all week long during the day. But I just knew she was working late and had to leave the mall after yeah, dark. Yeah. And that's a concern because, you know, these young kids, they have their, their heads buried in their phone. Yeah. And I try and teach her, hey, be aware. Keep your head up. Know your surroundings. But here's the, but here's the deal with this, Casey. You are 100% in the right because you're paying the bill and as long as you're paying the bill i get to do whatever what I that want. bill is <laughs> you make the rules yeah. right yeah i i am 100 <laughs> percent supportive of you doing whatever it is you want to do and if she don't like it then she can get on her own plan well she used to she used to kind of give me the eye roll but now she doesn't anymore yeah. so going along with this article that yeah. they don't mind being trapped does she still work here she does. She's actually working here on Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. I believe. Because she worked here for a while, and then I thought maybe Kevin said something offensive to her while he was training her, <laughs> and, then she, and then she quit. No, she did not quit, but, you know, it's just hard to manage that schedule. She's still a full-time student. Yeah. May 10th, graduating May 10th. Oh, how exciting. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us today, Rob. Thank you, and thank you, Kevin, and thank you for listening. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.